Charlotte Soccer Show. John Hayes, Danny Brands. We're back at, at this point, I'd like to say maybe home base. It's, it's a vibe. It's always a good vibe here, and I think that's why, Danny Brands, we needed to be at Triple C. Yeah, baby. The weekend before a huge, huge match with LAFC and then NYCFC <laughs> next week. I mean, that's a lot of C's, so hey, we'll be a triple C. Why not? I mean, it's the deep in the heart of South End. Let's go. And the vibe is nice. The sun is getting ready to make its final descent. It's beautiful. In the west. The, it rained earlier today. It's nice and cool out. We're out here on the grass just chilling. And, and life is good. What are you drinking, John? Good question. I, I'm, dri- uh, I'm drinking the, I, I would call it one of the standards. The, the market setter in Charlotte. I'm drinking the 3C IPA. And every time I, I have a, a 3C, I'm just reminded of how solid this beer is, for especially an IPA, right? IPA, right. That, that scares people away. I've talked about it before on this show, for sure. But even this beer smells unbelievable. Yeah. It's, it's that freaking good. So it's just great to be here drinking this. How about you? Yours looks a little bit different. <laughs> You're drinking that triple C IP. That's the IPA that drinks like a Pilsner. This is the IPA that drinks like an IPA. <laughs> like an IPA. <laughs> this is the hazy Planet Pulp from Triple C. I started my day off before you got here, John. I will admit with a Baby Maker double IPA. Just oh, wow. Just to get, get my ABV. You're ahead of me. Content way up. And now uh, to start this episode, I got a, a, a Planet Pulp. And I've said before many times I love a hazy. My brain can get a little hazy at times, so it, it just fits. And I can tell you this much, this is not my last beer tonight, for sure. <laughs> it's not gonna be my last beer either. Uh, I might even get some pizza and some wings. From, they got from a Philly cheesesteak special over at Izzy's at the food truck okay. here in the parking lot. Well then so never mind, I'm getting yeah. a cheesesteak <laughs> yeah. tonight. We, we've got a lot to talk about on the show. I'm pumped to be back on the show. And I'm excited to be back in, uh, I call it fresh new mind after my no Fuchs given behavior <laughs> on Sunday. We went, we crossed a few lines. Yes. And uh, that's gonna happen. You know, we tried to, to make it right on the back end, but can't help the way we were feeling that night. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it's gonna be that way tonight. We can, we can be better. We can push ourselves to be a little better. And that's fine, I think. Yeah, sometimes you gotta look in the mirror and you gotta apologize for your own behavior. Right, it happens. And, I did just that, and now it's it's time to move on and talk about this huge match this weekend, the news about Guzman Carujo. There's now two players, the second player on Charlotte FC's squad to be out for the year. Two players that you can't afford to lose, and, right. and Adam Armour and, and now Guzman Carujo. Right. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the incomings, right? We'll, we'll, we'll lighten up the mood a little bit and talk about our new players who are already in training. Oh, man. They look good. They look real good. That's some positivity to build on for Charlotte FC fans, for sure. Can't wait to talk about those guys. So as we head into the weekend of MLS matches after a midweek MLS All-Star game, in which MLS defeated. Yeah, they did. 2-1. MX, 2-1. 2-1 win. Goals by Vela and Rui Diaz. Rui Diaz, a former Liga MX superstar who's now in Seattle scoring goals, never stopped scoring goals ever since. Great player. I'm so pumped to, to see Carlos Vela play for, for LAFC. Right. Gareth Bale play right. for LAFC. Oh. 
I mean, these are international superstars. Uh, you know, Vela played for Arsenal, played for, played in La Liga. I, I, you got Gareth Bale played for Tottenham. You know, like now they're superstars in LA, and they're going to be running against our makeshift back line. It, it, it's not promising. If there's on a the face of it. if there's a match for interim manager Christian Latanzio to play a back five, this might be it. This is a park the bus situation for Charlotte FC, and we'll get into that conversation, Danny Bramps. We'll get into that conversation. We'll get I into hate what... to think you might be right because I hate park the bus, but man, I, I... Ugh. just something to consider. We're going to take a look at the table as well and ask ourselves: Yes, things don't feel great in regards to Charlotte FC's playoff chances, but if we gamify the table and really think about it. I think we can come out with more of a positive outlook than maybe we did right. on Sunday during our no Maybe we'll just call this the positive cast. <laughs> Despite everything that's going on, we might we might just call it the positive cast. Who knows? Well, we are only five minutes in, so <laughs> just give me a we'll few. We'll see where uh, we go. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see what happens from here. Um, so uh, one thing I, I want to do as well is, is listener questions. Did we solicit questions for this episode? I don't know if we officially if we officially did. So let me. I'm, I'm, what I'm going to do right now, Danny Bram, is I'm going to tweet out a question. Right. Drop us uh, some questions uh, for the episode right now from our well, Twitter handle at For the Crown Baby. Make sure you follow us there. You can always ask us questions there. Use hashtag For the Crown. At Danny Brams is where Danny's on and, Twitter. At John Hayes on air for me as well. And throw in hashtag Poor La Corona. You know, no no reason not to get bilingual with it for sure. Obviously, uh, Charlotte FC fan base encompasses multitudes and. Certainly that's true. I love this because this is a chance for the TIFOs to shine, the tremendous friends of the show. We are live recording this episode. We both have been busy as hell all week. We didn't even put out the solicitation for questions yet. But here we are at the start of recording an episode. We're going to put out the call, and we're going to trust the TIFOs to come through, and we'll have questions waiting for us by the end of the episode, hopefully. Otherwise, you're going to have a lot of editing to do to get rid of this segment. <laughs> Uh, when you produce the episode after the fact. We'll see. It's like the bat signal, man. You put it out there and the questions come. There's I believe in the TIFOs. Me every too. Every time. As do I. And uh, Charlotte FC, as of eight minutes ago, Danny Brams, as I'm on Twitter tweeting out these questions, are boarding the plane to Los Angeles. Love it. And Coa Santos. Uh, you, you took the words right out of my <laughs> mouth. I saw, I saw that on IG earlier today. I saw they posted and I was like, you guys walked up the uh, the stairs case into the, the plane, and then I was like, wait, is that Koa? That's, that's that is. Koa. It is Koa. And so he's making the trip with the boys out west. He might find himself on the field. I'm not lying, especially if it's a back five. Koa Santos, he's somebody that we like, the flying Hawaiian. Right. Uh, he, he's a guy that uh, is, is, is part of this organization, and I think the part of the future of this organization, sure. considering his ties with now the Charlotte Independence and Charlotte FC. I mean, he's more of a fabric in this city than some other people on this squad who barely play. Right, and uh, just like Chris Hagar, Koa has been one of the best players in USL Division uh, Division One USL Championship, I think, if I got that right, all year. He's been Player of the Week multiple times, and the, the future is bright when you're talking about guys that we're developing through the Independence, for sure. So let's start with the match on... Saturday night. Realistic expectations. Like, what can you, Danny Brams, honestly tell our TIFOs about this matchup and about how you could set up Charlotte FC to leave the City of Angels with at least a point? It's going to take 
our best defensive effort of the year, I think. Ultimately, that's that's what it's going to take. It's going to take everybody getting stuck in, and it's hard to call for that knowing what we just lost in our best defender, Guzman Clarujo, and now whoever's going to step in to replace him, whether it's Fuchs, whether it's Sobosinski, whatever the makeup of that back line turns out to be, it's going to take every single thing that they've got for us to keep LAFC's scoring down to a minimum. They're just an explosive team. And the thing about LAFC, I always have been, I always, you know, I'm a big MLS fan. And I know LAFC is a team that has great attack, shaky defense, and no midfield. That's how they always kind of were since they entered the league. Problem is now they've, they've developed that midfield. And so now they actually have a midfield to, to sort of connect between their defense to offense, and their attack is looking even more dangerous than ever. Plus, they added Gareth Bale, who's just a monster on the wings. Gareth Bale get, came in for a lot of criticism in Europe. Real Madrid fans love to make fun of him. Oh, he cares more about golf than footy, you know, blah, 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 blah. doesn't matter. I love MLS. I stand up for MLS. I defend MLS against all haters. But I will tell you this right now. It's a lot easier for Gareth Bale to do his thing in MLS than it was in La Liga. Just the fact of the matter and the matter of the fact. So he's looked tremendous since he came to LAFC. I think he's gotten a goal contribution in every appearance that he's made so far. I'd have to double check that. But he's scoring goals, he's getting assists, and he's just a great import that they brought in to make an already... They were already the the best record in the league, and then they added a a world-class attacker in Gareth Bale on the wings. And it's just... It's dicey. We have the potential. It could get ugly. I'm not going to call for that. I think Charlotte FC is going to rise to the occasion. But there's a very good chance that a lot of us might want to turn this damn game off by halftime. And I'm not going to, and I hope nobody else does. But I'm just trying to be realistic while I'm being positive here. And it's just going to take a Herculean effort. It's going to take every single thing that we have. I've got a good analogy for you in regards to this matchup. And in regards to Christian Latanzio's tactical play. You heard me mention the phrase park the bus earlier, and parking the bus is a tough decision for a club's ego. Mm-hmm. It's an ego buster. Right. It makes you feel like shit, like we're not good enough to compete mm-hmm. in an open match against this squad. You know what that's like? It's like being in the fairway of a par five and laying up. Right. Not having the juice to get it there. Not having the confidence with your three wood to pick it up off the a tight lie and hit it straight without blowing it right. Yeah, I love that analogy. That's exactly what parking the bus is like. And sometimes you gotta lay up because it's the best decision in order to make par. Well, let me extend the analogy because if you lay up and you make par or you have even potentially still a look at birdie on that par five, right? But you make par, you feel okay. But if you lay up and you miss the putt and you end up still with a bogey, even with playing conservative, then you feel extra bad. So the, the result is probably going to de- determine how we feel about it after the fact. I'm quite certain from what I have you know, watching Christian Latanzio, we know he's a guy that's a little on the conservative side. He's, he, he tends to lean conservative when it comes to his tactics and his gameplay. We saw what he did against Columbus. You know, that jumps out at me right away when uh, he just basically turtled after 75 minutes. This time, I would fully expect him to come out in, in full park the bus mode. I would expect maybe five at the back. I, if we don't get five at the back, or even if we do, I would expect a double pivot 
midfield with the emphasis on the defense. A lot of people have been calling for Derek Jones to start this game, just to clog up that middle. I think that has a good chance of happening. And we're just going to try to get out of there with either a nil-nil or a maybe hold them to one goal and, and hit back on the counterattack for, for one of our own to get a 1-1. If it's 1-0 LAFC with 20 minutes to go, and you can say, okay, you've got 20 minutes, try to score a goal and get a point out of this. I'm not upset if that if right. the scenario unfolds right. that We way. have to be realistic in our expectations, right? Like, I, I would love to go to LAFC, and anybody can beat anybody, and, and MLS is a league of parity. If LAFC was coming here, I would say let's go try to win, for sure. But we're going out there. It's a long road trip. It's late at night. It's a 10.30 p.m. Eastern kickoff. It's going to, half of our freaking fan base is going to be fighting the good fight just to stay up for this one. I mean, it's just tough out here on the East Coast. No lie, for sure. So, also they have a great fan base out there. They have a huge wall of supporters, the 3252 they call them, because that's the number of seats they have in their supporter section. And they expect to be full every time, just like we do here at our place. So... The 3252 will make a difference, just like the Min Street End makes a difference for us when we're at home. What I'm trying to say here is we, we face an uphill battle. Right. And knowing that is part of the battle. Mm-hmm. Being ignorant is a detriment to this squad. If you can just show up and think, oh, if we play the way we want to play, if we play our style of soccer, we can compete against anybody. In theory, that sounds good. Right. But in all practicality, it actually will hurt you in a situation like this. I think a 5-4-1 would be the best option for Christian Latanzio in this match. You know Carroll's not going to be happy about that. He's just going to have to deal with it in this case, for sure. And if if you put him up there at the top of the lineup and you say, work your ass off, and you're going to be the outlet, and we're going to ping you balls deep, and you're going to have to do hold-up play, and and you're going to have to... Um, make possession, you're going to have to get fouled, you're going to have to do the dirty work. Uh, I think the way that Kyle Swiderski is playing right now, I think that's a challenge that he accepts and a challenge that he should enjoy. Because that's the type of thing that you ask from a leader on your squad Mm -hmm. in this situation. Hey, you're going to have nine guys behind you, ten guys behind you, including Super Kalina. You're our outlet. You're going to work hard. And I think he's – and the best part about the situation for Svidersky right now is that he is in peak physical condition mm-hmm. to do that dirty work for yeah. 72, 90 minutes. A couple months ago, I would not have trusted him in, to, in this spot. But now, as we've said in, recent, in our last episode, the growth that he's shown from February, March until August has just been one of the best themes of this entire season. And – like you said, it's all about preparation. As long as we have our mindset right before the game, we can do what's necessary. It's a big test for interim manager Christian Latanzio, not just this LAFC match, Danny Brams, but the right. NYCFC game next week on the road. I mean, right. midweek. Realistically, Shortly. exactly. So realistically, you're talking about 180 minutes of soccer against two of the best teams in MLS. Right. What would be an appropriate, what would be an acceptable, goal differential in those two matches for Charlotte FC if they were to lose both, right? Because if, if they go to LAFC and they lose 2-0, if they go to NYCFC and they lose 1-0 or they draw 1-1, there's a point in which two losses, if the team plays well and they look prepared and they suffer a tough break 
and a call doesn't go their way or the referees get involved and don't give Charlotte FC the benefit of the doubt, leading to a PK or something like that. You've seen it before. You can, you can accept a loss, but there's also the possibility, especially when you're interim manager, if you go and get your doors blown off mm-hmm. in the next two matches. Toronto style. The confidence level from the front office and your ability to lead this team past this season becomes infinitesimal. Yeah, great word. I love that word. And to answer your question, worst ca- if the worst case scenario, we take two losses and the goal differential is four, I guess that's okay. If we lose 2-0-2-0 or 2-0-3-1 or something like that, I mean, I, I, are we supposed? I can't sit here and tell you with a straight face that I'm going to be happy about that. Well, the, what we can be happy about is a scenario that Charlotte FC gets a result and gets three points yeah. on the road at LAFC. How do they do it? If you were going to set up a team to get three points on the road at LAFC, what would be your tactical decision? Great question. I'm going to go with the five-four-one, like you said. I'm going to go. Joe Mora. I'm going to go three center backs, Walks, Fuchs, and Sobosinski. Fuchs needs cover. Let's be honest. Fuchs is a great leader, but the guy's constantly getting beat. He's, he's just not fast enough at this point in his career, unfortunately. He's just too slow. Thank you, Finn. John's dog is here with us. Finn agrees with me. He knows. <laughs> Finn knows what I'm talking about. And then I would I would probably stick Lindsay out on the right fullback. I'd continue to rest Affle. Lindsey played, just played his best game of the season, and he's more of a defensive stalwart than Harrison Affle. So then you got more of Fuchs, Sobosinski walks Lindsey across the back. You got Kalini in goal, obviously. Then I'm going to put Brant Bronico and Derek Jones together right in front of that five-man back line. I'm going with seven defenders plus the goalkeeper, and I'm just challenging, you know. It, 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 physicality. It, right, physicality. It may be unattractive to some, but it, it really is our best chance to get a, a result out here. I, I, I'll tell you what. If, if you put me in that lineup in a center back or a, or a double pivot defensive midfield, I would be licking my chops. This is the type of game as a defender where you go, bring it on. Yeah. Like, I'm bringing the pain here in this match. And I think that that's the type of attitude you have to have. You have to have buy-in. From mm-hmm. your players, you have to you have to have Burnley like Sean Dyche buy in right, right. from your. You have to have Ben Me buy in right. from your backline yeah. in this match. Burnley did get relegated last year in the PL, <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. But but uh, uh, let's say just to finish it out, I think I while I do think that Andre Shinyashiki is probably our best like defensive winger as far as an attacker who can get back and, and do the hard work on defense also. I would probably start Gaines and Reyna once again with Swiderski up top because Reyna's our best like long-range passer in the attack and Gaines' speed is going to be valuable if you're just playing a purely counter-attacking style. You know, like if we're, if we're shooting for defend, 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 defend and then kick one ball deep and run and go get it and, and cross it in, as much shit as Gaines has taken all year for his lack of finishing end product and whatnot, he truly does have an elite skill of speed that's better than one of the fastest players in the entire league. And Correct. we have to be able to leverage that. And he gets better. The thing with McKinsey Gaines is he, he gets better. He's made progress. And he's not quite put it all together for us yet. But in all the things that you can call into question the interim manager 
Latanzio's done, he finally made the smart move, which was send Camille Yusviak's ass to the bench, stick Gaines out there, and let get Gaines is benefiting more from these minutes that he's getting than Yusviak would be getting, in my personal opinion. I, I'm ready to flat out call Camille Yusviak a mistake at this point, and I hope he someday comes back and proves me wrong, but I don't ever want to see him on the pitch almost for the rest of this year. So it's the Charlotte Soccer Show. John Hayes, Danny Brams, it's a, it's a take from Danny Brams. We'll see how it plays out. And I think that your lineup is a good one. I think that that is a way to get a result from this, this game. And I've got good news, Danny Brams. It's got great news. Hit me. A couple questions. Nick Youngblood, Jake, already, already in the reply. So we've got questions for later in the show. We're going to make sure we answer those questions. I may sometimes doubt Christian and Latanzio, but I will never doubt the tremendous friends of our show, ever. Absolutely. So... Follow us on Twitter at For the Crown Baby. Make sure you get your questions in before every, pod, every podcast recording, even when we tweet the question out in the middle of the first <laughs> segment. Uh, and it, again, we have we have a lot to do on this show today. There's there's yeah. so much news surrounding this this we, franchise. We intentionally started with the look ahead because we want to set a tone of always you know looking looking ahead and being in the moment. But there's a lot of news we have that we need to digest and really go over we have not got to yet. We're going to talk about Sergio Ruiz being introduced at Granada. To much fanfare. To much fanfare. And he was shown the red carpet by yeah. Charlotte FC. He's getting it both ways. People yeah. are happy to see him go, and people are happy to see him arrive. Uh, good for him. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Guzman Carujo's season-ending injury. You've heard me bang the drum over and over and over again about the turf at Bank of America Stadium. Listen, I'm not going to blame the turf 100%, but I will. The data is there. It's a non-contact injury, an ACL on turf. Would it have happened on grass? I don't know, and I'll never be able to tell you, but we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about when can we get grass in Bank of America Stadium. Maybe the next time Chelsea comes around. <laughs> Charlotte Soccer Show, John Hayes, Danny Brams. I'm going to go get another beer, so is Danny. We're back after this. Charlotte Soccer Show, we're back at the corner of Fairwood Avenue and Griffith Street. It is Triple C Brewing Company. It's a beautiful Thursday, now evening, in the Queen City, Danny Brown. Everywhere I look, I see nothing but great things. What can I tell you? It, it's a beautiful part of town. There is absolutely no doubt about that. And after a month of 100 degree temperatures here in the Queen City, the vibe and the temperature outside right now on this patio is absolutely phenomenal. Right, there's just dogs everywhere, people are hanging out, we see people just walking up and down the street to various locations. People are people are not just walking up and down the street, they're strutting up and down the street and it's a real nice thing. It certainly is and uh, there's going to be people and players who have not experienced this before, experience what it's like to live in Charlotte. Right. There's incomings mm -hmm. for Charlotte FC, and we're going to get into that. We're going to talk about players. Reinforcements. Reinforcements, exactly baby. Exactly that. I, and I think the cliche, better late than never, <laughs> applies to all of them. But before we get into those reinforcements, we have to talk about a specific departure. Sergio Ruiz, Charlotte's first ever signing. 
gone before the end of season one. I'll describe it in one word, and it's disappointing. Yeah, gone but not forgotten. Sergio, the club rolled out the red carpet to, to send him on his way, and it, it, it generated a lot of discussion online. Let's just put it that way. People, there's takes. There's takes up and down the spectrum when it comes to Sergio's departure, and I'll be honest. When you think about the fact that this is a guy who's saying he's making this move for his family, and when you think about the fact that this is a guy who's been public about his, his battles with mental health, it makes it hard to attack. It makes it hard to say anything negative, and I get it. And it's it's almost like a, it's almost like an impenetrable shield that you put up, and and really you're almost immune to criticism at that point. I get it. And there's there's people who I've talked to this week that said, "Hey, you can't come at this guy. He he made a choice for his family, and I, that's fine. I've made choices for my family before too. I've quit jobs that were bad for my mental health in the past too. There's nothing wrong with doing that, but." you still have to call it what it is, which is that Sergio gave up on this project. This was a chance for Charlotte FC to establish itself as an expansion club coming into a quality league. MLS is a much better league than La Liga 2 in FIFA World Rankings and whatever you want to say, I don't care. You know, Granada's a decent enough team. They were in La Liga 1 last year and got relegated and they're going to try to fight for promotion. Their season starts next weekend. They haven't even started their season. so. Yeah, Sergio gave up, and that's not an attack on his mental health, and that's not denigrating his family reasons or whatever they might have been, okay? I, I've done it before, and I left a place that I felt was not the right fit for me, and the, I'll, I'll tell you what, the people at the place I left can say whatever they want about me. I don't care. They can say that I, I quit and I gave up on the project, because I did, because the project wasn't right for me, and it wasn't right for Sergio here, and that's fine. I hope he, we wish Sergio well. And we're happy for him, as we as as the mantra goes. But it does not change the fact that he wasn't cut out for the physicality of MLS, and he just wasn't really ready to actually fully commit to this project. And I'm, I'm not ashamed to say it, and I'm glad that he made a positive choice for his reasons, and everyone out there that's listening should do the same. If, if you're ever in a situation where you're not happy, change it. You know, I, I don't do things I don't want to do. That, that, I'm 43 years old. It took me a long time to get to this point, but I don't do things that I don't want to do. And that's a perfectly reasonable, legitimate stance for anyone to take. And Sergio didn't want to be here and he could leave. But I'll tell you what, the club didn't ask him to leave. For damn sure they didn't. He chose to leave. The club barely said anything about MAR, about TT Ortiz, about Alan Franco. And those but, are different situations. I get it. No, but there's still people right. who right. were you, part of the project. Maybe not the first ever signing, right. but they were here trying and, to build this thing together. And you can't come at me and say, oh, well, players, you need to treat players as humans no matter what. They're more than just players and leave Sergio alone. While you're the whole time, these same people are saying this to me, shit on Alan Franco and said he was worthless and didn't deserve to be on the team. You know, it's you like, can't have it both right, ways. Exactly. You can't have it both ways. And I, I thought the situation was a, a bit bizarre. And maybe the better word is telling. Sergio obviously made an impact on the club and the fan base, and we wish him well. But please, forgive me as a Charlotte FC fan, as a Charlotte FC supporter, as a Charlotte FC season ticket holder, please forgive me 
for being focused on matches versus LAFC and New York City FC, two of the best clubs in MLS in this playoff race, instead of wishing one of our players good luck in Spain. Right, and that's why we started this episode with match preview instead of give. That's why that's our main focus. Look, Sergio's gone, and if you want, if you're on Instagram. The, his new club, Granada, did a huge media blitz for him today. He was at the stadium, been introduced to fans, and he's posting video tours of the locker room on IG, of his new locker room, and I hope he's happy. I hope it all works out great for him. I'm not sure that Granada is going to be the team that gets promoted out of La Liga 2, back to the La Liga this year, but we'll see. We'll know that next spring. But we, what we do know is we're down another midfielder, and... What can I say? <laughs> what can I say more? That I'll probably get myself even in more trouble with our with our fellow fans and even some tifos. There's there's tremendous friends of our show that disagree with me, and that's fine as long as you keep listening. <laughs> but you know, uh, I, we we may not see eye to eye on everything, but I'm gonna hold firm in my stance because that's what I truly believe, and I can't be fake or phony or non-authentic on the show. That's what you always get on this show, the Charlotte mm-hmm. Soccer Show. You'll get authenticity. Mm-hmm. on the show and the reason why is because Danny Brams we wear our emotions on our sleeves and all you have to do is listen to Sunday's episode <laughs> and you'll be able to hear that maybe we should have given one Fuchs on that one instead of zero I don't know uh, so listen just to put a wrap on that conversation I think celebrating Sergio Ruiz for being the first ever signing for Charlotte FC is appropriate I think celebrating him leaving before the end of the inaugural season before is, the All-Star game of the inaugural season is strange to me. It like I'm not it doesn't add up in my mind right. and that's okay and people can convince me at John Hayes on air tell me why Sergio Ruiz should be celebrated for leaving Charlotte FC. Right, and when you said bizarre and telling, you weren't talking anything about Sergio. You were talking about the club's response, the way that the club like went all out to like bon voyage and all this stuff, you know, and everything like that, for sure. He was a fan favorite, though. There's no doubt about it. He was a fan favorite, and ultimately, there's a lot of favorites. Right, he was was a fan favorite that couldn't play his way into the lineup ahead of Quinn McNeil, ultimately. (laughs) That's another way to put it, and. by the way, Quinn City, I, I, we'll see if he gets some run, Quinn City, in uh, these next couple matches. I would sit Quinn City versus LAFC and keep him fresh for, for New York. Okay. Not, not a bad thought. <laughs> not a bad thought. And by the way, you already give, you've already given your lineup. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so we know exactly where you stand. So that Instagram post today by Sergio Ruiz, the book is closed. The final chapter, it's over. It's over. And I, I was even really, when we were planning this episode, I was willing to not even mention his name today in this episode. You thought it was important to deal with. And now I've gone and, you know, given a bunch of fodder for people to come criticize me. What, that's fine. Whatever. Come at me. I, I've got so much conflict going on in my life these days in every realm. I might as well have my fellow Charlotte FC fans hate me and thinking I'm a jerk for my takes on Sergio. Might as well. His Twitter handle is at Danny Brams. <laughs> Lift the man up. Make him feel good. It's it's August. Or not. Or it, not. It's, or not. It's, Do whatever you want. It's August in the Queen City. <laughs> and it's a it's a time to celebrate for a couple different reasons. First reason is that yes, we're we're gonna get 
we're going to get a couple really hot days in the next month and a half, but we're, we're transitioning into the best time of the year in Charlotte, right. which fall is the fall. Oh. And it's we talk about first ever for the club. This is the first ever fall that, mm-hmm. that Charlotte FC has been here in the Queen City and that we've had both Panthers football, which, by the way, tonight, Thursday night, the Panthers are, are having an open practice in Bank of America Stadium at the Keep. Uh, and and these, these two squads are going to be starting to share this stadium. Now, forgive me here, who are the Panthers? <laughs> uh, some football team <laughs> that David Tepper owns, too. And, and even though his player is on that squad, don't want artificial turf as well. Um, for some reason, he doesn't give a fuck. Right. David Tepper does not care about his players' knees, is what we've learned. We knew that already, and we were smacked in the face with it, unfortunately, the reality of that statement uh, last week, because we got the horrible news, John, and this is far more impactful than Sergio Ruiz leaving. Even the biggest Sergio defender would have to say it. The, the impact on the pitch of what happened when we got the news that Guzman Carujo is going to be out for the entire rest of the season. The deputy is gone. That's the biggest thing. That's the biggest loss we've suffered all year, no doubt. This guy was playing at all-star level. There was no chance that a Charlotte FC player was ever going to be an all-star. I have I have no doubt that they might as well have just put out an edict at the MLS offices, don't vote any Charlotte guys all-stars. I don't think that really happened, but it wouldn't surprise me if I did. But th- don't kid yourself. Guzman Carujo played at an all-star level for sure. It's really disappointing. And based on the calendar, right, with an ACL tear, you start thinking ahead. How long does this injury take to recover? Typically, when you think about an ACL, I put a 8 to 12 month window on recovery. If it's on the bad side, you're talking about halfway through next season until we get this guy back. If it's on the eighth, eight month side, you're talking about Guzman Carujo not being a part of training to start the season. Right. We have to underscore that this injury and the timing of the injury, we don't know yet. Maybe he's one of those players that can recover in four and five months from an ACL. It's been done before, but those players are outliers. That is not the norm. The, the way he attacks the game on the pitch tells me that we can expect that he'll be a rehab beast. You know he's not going to take any off days in this rehab. You know that Carujo is a man who goes about his work with an intensity and a drive that I am willing to be optimistic and lean towards the, the, the lower side on the recovery. I think nine months from now is, is what? May? I think he could be back by mid next season, let's see, hopefully. Uh, that's if he wants to come back. If you're, because I mean, think about this. If you're a guy who is playing on this turf that, like it or not, you can, you can, would that injury have, you asked the question as we went to break last time, would the injury have happened on grass? I don't know. I can tell you what, it did happen on turf, and that we that's what we have. So, like, I don't know if I'm Guzman Crew if I want to come back and play on this turf anymore is what I'm trying to say. Like, his, he may not be able to leave, but he may want to leave because at this point, you, you're running the risk of going out there and getting injured again. I mean, 
you know, they always talk about the turf monster. Oh, oh, the turf monster got him, et cetera, et cetera. The real turf monster at this point is David Tepper, the owner of this club, who, against, uh, I don't know, there's not one single person who has said this is a good idea other than him. And he cho he has chosen to go with it, this in the face of all criticism and critiques. Panthers players want grass. Charlotte FC players want grass. Chelsea wanted grass, and he gave it to them. This guy, this guy, is, think about it. Our owner is more willing to serve the requests of Chelsea Football Club than his own NFL team or MLS team. That's Crazy. fucking ridiculous. And it's about money, right? right? Oh. You're one of the richest people in the goddamn world, bro. I, I want to be very, very you, clear. This guy about could this. afford to give a new pitch of grass every single match if he wanted to. He could just blow the money, and it would be a rounding error for his businesses and the end of the year uh, profit and loss shoot. Yeah, maybe the Christmas party wouldn't have top shelf liquor. <laughs> be very clear. I cut you off. Sorry. You want to be very clear about this? That it's about money. Yeah. And the reason why grass is not at Bank of America Stadium, the keep. The reason why the keep doesn't feature grass is because with Charlotte FC, with the Carolina Panthers, and with the concerts coming to town, the field would need to be resodded about four to five times a year. And oh. that expense is not something that Tepper Sports and Entertainment wants to pay first off how many concerts how many concerts a dozen at most two nights of garth brooks the rolling stones elton john who else is i mean fucking elton billy jo joel who elton, else is coming elton john's been walking down his golden brick road <laughs> right. for six years at this right. point his third retirement tour here <laughs> elton john i mean you know and like i love elton john's music it's great i, I, I do too you know, I do too. I, I, i'm not gonna but like again you've got the money the people that are benefiting and the reason why the decision is being made is for everyone that doesn't live in Charlotte, right? Right. It's for the right. it's for the concert series on tour. Mm -hmm. It's for Chelsea. Chelsea on tour. The people that actually live in this city and live and breathe Charlotte football and Carolina Panthers American football. Those are the people who will have to deal with the turf. Right. And those are the people who and are getting the, just smacked in the face by the owner of the of the teams, you know, and just treated as if they're an afterthought and don't even matter. Hey, make sure you get your personal seat license. Make sure you renew your season tickets at, at 130% of what you paid last year, because otherwise we're going to have turf. Oh, wait, we still have turf anyway. Never mind. I mean, give me a freaking break, dude. The other thing, when has David Tepper ever posted pictures from any you know, match that he's been at this year, except the Chelsea match, when he got his photo op with the governor and the mayor, you know? Like, this is not a guy who's out there grinding when Vancouver Whitecaps come to town and talking about how much he loves owning this team and the goals of this team and what we are trying to do with this team. Uh, say what you want about Atlanta United and Arthur Blank, and we have the rivalry and, you know, Tepper made the, that team down there or whatever, and you know, the, the Tepper versus Blank rivalry is, is something real in people's minds. Arthur Blank supports his team, He's on the sidelines of his fucking team's games, whether it's the Falcons or Atlanta United, every damn game. He's visible. He's shelling out for to make his club excellent. And I'll tell I'll put it quite frankly. I think Charlotte FC is a better team than Atlanta United this year, but Arthur Blank's a better owner, easily. No doubt about it. And we experienced that. We saw it. 
at Mercedes-Benz down in Atlanta, the way that Arthur Blank meticulously makes sure that the food is good enough for that sort of venue. Now, the food in Bank of America Stadium at the Keep, I've said it over and over again. I've said that the food is not good enough. I've never eaten it. And and they can do better. Yeah, I've never even tried (laughs) because it it doesn't look appealing to me. So, we, we could go down this road and talk about the club's owner, but I do think there's a few things. I'm glad I, I got some of that off my chest. Me I, too. Yeah, no. There's a few things that I, that I want to address. Number one is that the only reason why Charlotte FC exists in Charlotte is because of David Tepper. So I'm so thankful for that. So that he could make money off of his stadium when the Panthers were playing. I don't disagree. I'm just saying that it hasn't been lost on me that the reason why we have the franchise in town is because of him. But with great power comes great responsibility. Thanks, Uncle Ben. (laughs) So, we can be thankful for him having the club here, but we have to hold him responsible for the decisions that are made afterwards. And that has not been lost on me Yet. Well, it's like if I if I sent my kid to a really nice, expensive private school and then didn't buy her any school supplies, and was like, go ha, go out, and she could be luck. like, well, I'm really glad I'm at this great school, but I don't really have what it takes for success, you know? <laughs> right. <clears throat> right. Which leads us to opening the checkbook for new signings. Thank God, finally. And we let's, said, let's get back to the positive cast that we yes, teased yes, earlier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're going to talk about those new signings uh, in just a second. I'm going to take another break because beer number two is has gone down pretty easy for me. Yeah, I switched to the triple C just like you, the three C IPA. I had to get back to basics for this segment. I don't know if it, if you detected any change in my tone. I'm a little less hazy, a little more focused. That's the reason. There's nothing better than a focused Danny Brams on the Charlotte Soccer Show. He's bringing the heat as always. It's Thursday night. It's the QC. Whenever you're listening to this show, whether it's late night Thursday, whether it's Friday, whether it's Saturday, um, we we really enjoy uh, everything about this passion project and want to give a shout-out to everybody that listens to the show. It's made this inaugural season of Charlotte FC special for, for the both of us, not just because we get to do the show, but because we get to meet everybody that listens to the show. And we get to share that bond that is soccer in the city of Charlotte. Because Charlotte is a soccer city. Charlotte's a soccer city. Shout out to Len Kornacki, our newest follower on Twitter. Shout it out. Said it's, he said, love the podcast for keeping it real. Best Charlotte FC show. That, that message came in about 10 hours ago from the time of this recording. And Len, God love you. That was, that was the message I needed because it's been a rough week for me. So thank you very much. We're back after this. All right, Danny Brams, we're back for one final segment on a Thursday evening that just... The reason why I linger and I take time to record the podcast is so we could just take in a beautiful South End Charlotte sunset. It's absolutely gorgeous, John. I mean, this is... We're in the heart of South End. We got some just awesomely vibing like instrumental tracks whoever chose the music at triple c and we, we, we gave them love for it killing it because we're just hearing some real nice sort of you know liquidy 
instrumental beats that have really informed a lot of what we've been able to say in this show. The sun is going down, the cicadas are out there, people are walking around strutting, people are feeling it. I, we saw a, a, a running club go by, we, we cheered them up as, you know, as they were burning calories, we were imbibing them. And uh, life is good, man. I, it's, I would say this is kind of approaching a low point for Charlotte FC, let's just be honest. You know, we, we, we've lost so many play We lost our first ever signing. We lost our defensive stalwart to injury, and now we have our two toughest matches. It's not a great time in the Charlotte FC universe. Let's just be honest about it. And yet, I feel absolutely fantastic right now. I can't, I can't deny it. You know, I can't help but to think of one of my favorite movie series of all time, and it's Star Wars. And I believe in hope. Right. And as we sit here tonight, I have hope. Rebellions are built on hope. To quote Jen Erso, of course, one of my favorite Star Wars movies is Rogue One. And without hope, you're screwed, for sure. And you know what? What's the very first Star Wars movie called? A New Hope. And we've got some new signings yes, that are do. giving us some hope. Exactly right. So Danny Brams, you're the one who's in the weeds on all this. There, there's not many people in Charlotte who are more well-versed on the the global, the global game of, of football and the players who move not just from club to club, but from continent to continent, Danny Brams. And who Charlotte FC's incomings, I want to hear about them, I want to know about them, and I want you to tell our listeners what you can expect from this uh, group of three players. Well, let, let's take them one by one, obviously. That's all we can do Yep. is just talk about the three big signings on deadline day. I think, I think it was some good stuff. I think we did some good business. Let's just put it that way. And... I think we can expect a lot from a couple of these signings, whereas one of them is probably going to be a wait and see. So let's first talk about Nuno Santos. Good idea. Nuno Santos is looking like the real deal. Nuno is coming from the Portuguese league. The Portuguese uh, Benfica, one of the best teams in the Portuguese league. So what I, when I think about the Portuguese league, I see a lot of parallels with MLS. I see a league that's full of young talent. I see a league that is based on attacking play, maybe at the expense of some defense, but that's fine. I see a league that's full of excitement and goal creation. Nuno Santos fits the bill. This this guy has he's he's already taller, bigger, thicker, stronger than a lot of what the presence that we've got in the midfield. So he already brings a presence, but he's not necessarily a defensive midfielder. He's a stalwart of the offensive game, the creative game. Hmm. You look at what this guy can do. Benfica is a team that loves to go out and score a lot of goals. They're a great squad. And he's also got great academy experience. This is a guy who's just like got pedigree. This is a guy who comes in is going to be able to do some damage. I think we found our new number 10. I'll, I'll be perfectly honest. I think that this guy instantly slots into the starting 10 real Quinn City. It's been real. It's been fun. And it has been real fun. But... Now it's time to take a step back, learn from some more experienced players, and I think we're going to see Quinn relegated to a, a more of a substitute role once once Nuno Santos gets going. So I think we can expect a lot from him. I think this is a guy that is that crucial link that we've wanted for so long from midfield into attack, you know, turning defense into offense, serving up the ball where so Carroll doesn't have to track back so much. So Carroll's always having to run back and go get the damn ball because our midfielder can't get it to him. And I think the, the Nuno Santos signing changes that. 
love everything about that signing. It's it's a great bit of business by Zorn and the and the and Thomas and the scouts and the crew and everybody that's that's working hard. Wow, over there. some praise for for Zorn and the crew on the <laughs> well, show. Well, hey, hey, until uh, you know, if he doesn't deliver the results, you know exactly where I'm going next. But. But for now, I'm going to, you know, at one point, I, I think early in this episode, I said we're going to do a positive cast, and then I did nothing but shit, you know, <laughs> bile and, and negativity for the rest of the, the, the hour. So, hey, you tried. Yeah, I tried. But love Nuno Santos. Can't wait to see him. There's some visa issues. I, I saw one of our TIFOs sent a question about that. I'll be honest, I don't know everything about the visa issues, but I do know this. We hope to see him for the first home. I would love to see him make his home debut on the 21st against Orlando in a revenge match that is going to be a must-win after our two tough road matches. So I don't expect him to go on this road trip or play on this road trip, but I'm really hopeful that Well, we need to get their visas sorted out. Right. And I don't think they're eligible to play on this road trip, to be honest with you. Right, yeah. No, they're not, for sure. But we're hopeful for the 21st. If all those guys are ready by the 21st, especially Nuno, it's going to be great. The other big signing is Nathan Byrne. Nathan Byrne is... He looks to be the man. He's another derby man, isn't he? He he, he is another derby man, and he, but uh, contra, unlike Camille, who was like, derby was like, get this guy out of here. Please, please go sign him. Anyone, Charlotte, sure, why not? Send him to America, uh, whatever. Sorry, Camille, if you're listening. I doubt it, but you're not doing it right now. But Nathan Byrne was the player of the year, voted by his teammates for derby. So Nathan Byrne is a fullback who gets up, takes set pieces. He's got a touch on the ball. This is like Christian Fuchs, but a little bit younger, if you think about that. I, I think I've said on this pod before, like, man, if we could have only gotten Christian Fuchs in his early 30s instead of his late 30s, we'd be so much better off. There's a chance Nathan Burner's that dude because he's got skill. He's got verve. He's got excitement. He scores goals. He creates goals. He He's an English championship if I, I mentioned that I, I compare the Portuguese league very favorably to MLS. The other league that I would compare sort of on the same level of MLS is the English Championship, the second a, a league, level of England. A league that I love. Right, exactly. And so this is a guy, if you saw him, shout out to Jess Charman. By the Je- way, Norwich is going to win the league this year. I know you love Norwich. We, <laughs> we know how you feel about Norwich, the Canaries, for sure. But shout out to Jess Charman. She interviewed Nathan on uh, her show earlier this week week and that was a great interview i encourage you to go listen to it if you haven't yet i assume everyone has but that was really cool because she found out they had gone to they actually went to the same school back in the day he went to the same school she did you know back in the day he's he's 30 years old which is a little bit long on the tooth for me as a soccer player i i'm you know i'm fc leo dicaprio once they turn 30 i'm ready to get rid of him but (laughs) at the same time I do think Byrne can make a really positive effect. I think I used this analogy before of, you know, Goldilocks and the Three Bears. If, if Jalen's a little too young and Harrison's a little too old, then Nathan Byrne could be just right. He could slot <laughs> into that spot. And I, I, think, I think Nuno and Nathan are going to revolutionize our attack. They're going to make us a much more productive team Ooh, offensively. This sounds good, man. We and, should we, we should have led with this. Right. Get them the visas. <laughs> Get the damn visas in the house. Get them a MasterCard if you need to. Get them a Discover. Get them anything. But whatever it takes, I don't care. I'm excited to see him. The other th- the other signing is Adilson Melanda. He's a young French center back with an insane highlight reel from playing in the second division in France. Uh, you know. Plot twist, the second division in France is nowhere near as good as the second division in England, so that is what it is. 
I'm not going to guarantee that Adilson Milanda is 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 what the real deal. The fact of the matter is, we probably won't know the quality of that signing for another year or so. But he is a really exciting young player that I think was a good talent acquisition, stockpiling talent type of thing. Especially looks even better now in the wake of the Guzman Carujo injury, which came a few days after we signed him. So our center back depth kind of is replenished with that signing, but he's not going to make a huge impact early on in my mind. But yeah, Burn and and Santos, we find, I, I feel like we finally have a team that looks like it could actually like do some damage out there. I, I really do. Wow. I mean, to hear you say that, Danny Rams excites me. And it makes me feel, especially at right back, like we're ready to move on from Harrison Affle. Yeah, I mean, King Harrison, that, that's the, he, he is the, you, you're not going to sign somebody like, right, let's just, let's do the math, if you will, right? I was told there would be no math. Well, I'm not going to ask you to add anything. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you that Harrison Affle is 36 years old. And Jalen Lindsay is 24. 24. And, and Burn is 30. Burn is 30. Right. So, <laughs> as much as I love Harrison Apple, and he's been an absolute, I, I will say this for someone at the tail end of his career, he's given everything and more that I could have ever asked from a player in an inaugural season. I love Harrison Apple. I think he's been fantastic for the club. But you know what it is? You know why I love him? Because he's still fucking here. Cheers to that. And the game against D.C. was one of Harrison's finest hours. Harrison and Joe, Jog and Joe, both absolutely killed against D.C. It was a damn shame to see them go straight back to the bench against Chicago. I think that was a huge mistake by interim manager Christian Latanzio. And... I love everything Harrison's brought, but you're right. He's just a little long in the tooth. He's just a little bit long in the tooth. And I mean, if you think 30's old. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> if, if I'm dumping him at 30, you can imagine what I'm doing to him at 36, for sure. Me and Leo are on the same wavelength there, no doubt. But I love the idea that Byrne, if I was going to guess, I would, I, I don't know the, how these processes work, I'll admit. I, I'm just kind of an, a dilettante there, but... It's a chance maybe, even if Nuno's visa is held up maybe a little longer, good chance I would think Burn might be available even quicker just based on, you know, our special relationship with the the aisle over there in England as opposed to Portugal. So who knows? There's probably some people out there that know a little better than me, I'll admit, but I do expect to see both of them in soon and contributing immediately and... If we're going to make the playoffs, it will be because of these signings. Let's just put it that way. Charlotte Soccer Show, you don't get that insight and analysis anywhere else besides right here at Danny Brams on Twitter. Follow him, one of the best soccer minds in the QC. There's no doubt about that. You can follow the show at For the Crown Baby. And it's time now for one of my favorite segments of the show. Maybe my favorite segment of the show. I've proclaimed that, and I still can't figure out something else. My phone's at 1%, so Danny Brams. <laughs> I got you. I got you. I'm in, will you, I'm will in, you, low, I'm in low power mode, will, but I'm, low, I'm higher than one. Will you ask me the questions tonight? Change it up? Yes. Let's change it up. Yes, I love it. Can yes. you go rapid fire? Though? I, damn right I can. One of the things I'm very poor at is going rapid fire. I always have to elaborate. And, and, I, I will be like so that, quick so. to where okay. it, the segment will be normal. You'll just hear my rapid fire take right. quick. Let's take him in order. Uh, Jake the Snake, with 10 games left in the season, how many points do you realistically see us winning? 
With 10 games remaining? Yeah. And two of those are LAFC and New York FC. 17. I like that. I like 17. 17, 17 works for me. <laughs> uh, it's a quick it's a quick fire. It's an answer. And here's why I think 17, right? Because I take 10 remaining, and I take five wins. Perfect. Right? And then I take two draws. Brilliant. I was told there would be no math, and yet I like that math. All right, here's the next one from Flacco Tex. I believe this is a first-time questioner. I don't think I've seen Flacco, Who? Flacco Tex. Joe Flacco? Flacco Tex. <laughs> I have not seen uh, El Gordo y la Flaca in our mentions yet so far, but this is a great one from Flacco Tex. And this is right up your alley, Mr. Okay. Tactical. Mr. Tactical <laughs> of you. Can anyone on the right play on the left or vice versa on the on the back line? We're talking fullbacks here. Left back, right back. Could anyone switch? Harrison. He's a pro. He's done it all. Of you course. Harrison could move from the right to the left. Of course he him. could. Yes. Absolutely he could. And I, I don't think... Fuchs and Mora could change positions. They're pretty locked into yeah. where they are. Fuchs has been a left back for 50 years, so yeah, I doubt it. I would. I wonder about Jalen. I would hopefully be hopeful about Byrne being able to play both sides. I know he's a right back, but I would love to see Jalen and Byrne and send Jog and Joe to the bench. We'll see. By the way, shout out to the, our TIFOs asking these questions, considering we started the podcast and had no questions, and now we have a few. Yeah. We have some good ones. Here's our guy, Turbo Verge, Nick Youngblood. Do you honestly think we'll even see a draw in the next two matches? Honestly? Honestly. Well, it's tough to be honest about a future event, right? Because you don't know what's going to happen. So honestly, I could tell you if we saw a draw after both draws happen. But if I'm going to predict whether a draw happens, I say yes. I think one of the matches is a draw or a win. I think that this team has its back up against the wall, and I actually think that maybe, and this is the first time I'm making this point, and I cannot believe that it came to my mind just now, but this is why we asked the TIFO questions, is that catching LAFC after the back end of an all-star break, that's a benefit to this club. You just uh, you just teased a future question, so there you go. Uh, Here's the, but before we get there, actually let's go. Let's get there. Get let's there, go baby. straight I'm there. Ready. Brandon Davis, our boy, Brandon underscore T underscore Davis, will with L, with LAFC having just had three players in the All Star game and a quick turnaround, do you envision them starting some non-starters, giving us a mild shot at a win or a draw? Hate to be a pessimist, because LAFC is filthy good. Well, I'll start by saying this, and I don't want you to. Danny Rams, I don't, I don't want you to take this as criticism, but this segment is way better when I'm asking you the questions. <laughs> I don't know if that's a criticism or a compliment, to be honest. I, yeah, I mean, yes. I mean, I just alluded to it, and, that, and, and that's why I love our TIFOs. We're on the same wavelength. You know, we're almost reading each other's minds. Like, this is really important. And I do agree that, like, the fact that the All-Star game happened and they had players out and they're getting back in town and they were taken away from their, their daily ritual – I think that plays in Charlotte FC's advantage. There's no doubt about that. What type of advantage that is, though, it's right. it's pretty small. It's an advantage. It's a tiny advantage. Uh, statistically, I actually looked this up for fantasy soccer purposes earlier this week. Last year, almost every single MLS All-Star went and played 90 minutes You know, a few days later for their gotcha. clubs. So it is what it is. I will say that the flight... 
from Minnesota back to LA probably will take more out of these guys than actually the 30 minutes that they they trotted around out there on the All Star. Totally, pitch, yeah. It's about the travel. It's always yeah. about the travel. It is what it is. So, uh, how about this from Charlotte FC fan account? One of our newer followers that we love. Camille plays left back or right back for Poland. Does it make sense to try him as a wing back defender back here to try to get something out of him? No. No. Makes sense to send his ass back to Poland, in my opinion. Uh, how about at Kyle, at NC Sporting fan Kyle Britt? Should Charlotte to, uh, imp, look to implement a 5-3-2 or even a 6-2-2 to strengthen the depleted backfield? Give up the attack, but it's hard, hard to score against these guys anyway. Who is this, anyway. Kyle? Kyle Britt. Kyle Britt, man. I have to give you credit, man. You know, as somebody that thinks about tactics heading into a match, I didn't even consider the thought of having a six-man back line. But fuck, it's not the worst idea in the world. Right, right. How about we put George Marks out there to stand next to Kalina? You know, why not? Why not? You know what? I think you just came up with an unbelievably – you know what? That's something Ted Lasso would say. Can, can we have two goalies in that? Right, exactly, exactly. It's time to take a Ted Lasso approach for sure. Right, let's keep the rapid fire. Amadio so rare, my so rare buddy, my fantasy soccer player – this guy's killing it out there buying Charlotte FC players. Congratulations on making it to Division Three this week, by the way, Amadio. Even if we do not make the playoffs, do you believe that Latanzio should be made permanent manager? No. Easy. All right, there you have it, Amadio. How about our boy? Let's go to our boy, JPP, James Paul. We're always stoked to get a question from him. If you know, you know. You know, for what it's worth, JPP, I'm a JP as well. I'm John Paul. James Paul, go. John Paul, we're both JPs. Brilliant. What's the, is it a good question? It's a pretty good it's question. It's not a two-part question, Another is shout it? Out, shout out to James Paul, who hit me up, by the way, ahead of the Chicago game, said, hey, I got family in town. I can't make the game. Do you know anybody who needs a ticket free of charge? I was able to hook some of my uh, work oh, friends wow. up with free tickets, all courtesy of James Paul. This kid gets it. What's your favorite jersey we've worn this year? The blue is staying around for another year, but the Blackman City is gone. Do you have a favorite? Yeah. The one that you're wearing right now. The Mint City, baby. The, the Black Mint City. Yeah, it's the community kit. Of course. And this is only going to become more of a collector's item in the future because of what you said, James. It's going away. This is the only year we're going to wear it. But I'll tell you what. I don't like It's that. not the only year I'm going to be wearing it, no, for I, damn sure. I'm going to be wearing this thing when I'm old and gray. Shit. I mean, hearing you say that, it means i got, I got to go and pick four or five of them up right now. Right. i got to have, I gotta have yeah. a, a, a bunch of those because... So the community every year, you, you're you're more MLS fluent than me, especially when it comes to this sort of thing. So every season, the community kit will change. Sure. <laughs> if you say so. If you say so. Hopefully, so the next my, one's a good one. Yeah, my point is, is like, if if this won't exist again, we'll have a new one next year right. to buy. Right. I bet it'll be a variation on this. The sleeve pattern and the, the, the collar pattern will be different. Maybe but I, have, maybe I bet our next line. one will be black. Maybe they'll have the gold line route. That would be uh, amazing. Like, like the rail amazing. system right. on the, the front. Can I can I just answer the inverse of this question, which is what is the worst kit that we've worn this year? And that's easily the uh, the white and orange kit that all MLS teams wore that looks like an Atlanta United peach jersey. That was as absolute mess, and we should have protested it. Yeah, well, that was like more. a uh, recycle. It was a league-wide thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, it was they for a good cause. They were for looked, a good cause. It looked like Atlanta United's alternate jersey. Alter, even for, even if it though. even if it was for a good cause, it doesn't mean we had to like it. Right. I sure as hell didn't like it, and I, I'll tell you what, you'll never see me buying that or wearing it on it <laughs> by any stretch. 
Uh, Mike Umberger at COT underscore charlatan. Great follower of ours. Great TFOs. We love him. He is uh, one of our awesome. This is a serial liker. I love this guy. He likes everything we post. God bless you, Mike. But he has a question we've kind of already answered. I would love your take real quick. How responsible is Tepper for Corujo's season-ending ACL tour? Tear. I'll take him to court. <laughs> Sue is out. Give me a lawyer. <laughs> uh, lawyer. Lawyer me up. I'm ready. Sue is I'm ass. feeling good about my case. Another one. Uh, Alex Ventura. Al Ventura at 160 is your at. Love the signing of midfielder Nuno Santos, but we're waiting for his visa. How can the club mitigate the risk of not accumulating enough points on the road at the keep to still remain in the playoff contention? We kind of already answered this, but I do want to shout out Al as one of our favorite TFOs. Guy always comes to meet us. Guy hooked me up with a brilliant little uh, Jordi Alcivar trading card earlier. This He's year. a TFO. So I got to read his question, even if I feel like we've already answered it. And then last one, finally, and this is a good one from Hub Likes, one of our originals as well. I, you know what? The more and more I've seen Hub Likes. Um, tweet at us and respond to things the more and more I like him and it's not just because he agrees with me all the time <laughs> <laughs> exactly well we love Hub Likes because he loves MAR this is a guy who's still pining for MAR just like we are so th there you go and and uh, and JPP I know has always makes fun of me every time I see him oh you guys still missing MAR because <laughs> he doesn't care about MAR but, but Hub Likes is in, in the mix and this is a great question to end on what position would you like to see us sign as a DP next year? Perhaps another midfielder to play alongside Bronico and Nuno Santos? Or a DP left back would be interesting too. No, I, I, I have zero interest in a DP left back. Not even close. I have interest in a DP that is going to create goals. Like, that's where you're going to spend your money. You can find players that will play on the back line. You can find players like Brand Bronico who are thrown in the trash, thrown in the recycle bin that you can take out and you can say, hey, do you still want to play this game? Do you still want to go hard? I got a spot for you. You don't need a DP for those positions. You need, you need a DP to get the, the ball in the back of the net. It all boils down to we signed Camille Yusviak and Real Salt Lake signed Jefferson Savarino, both right wingers. Savarino's already contributed on five goals since he got here uh, back to RSL the same time as Yusviat came here. And, yeah, right winger, give it to me. Give it to me all fucking day. Exactly right. Yep. On the wing, yep. at the striker position, or in the 10 roll, or in the cam roll, that's where the designated players in MLS can, drive. Can I say this? Ultimate, ultimate best-case scenario for us right now is that Nuno Santos comes in, contributes to 10 goals, from between now and the end of the season, and we upgrade him to a DP. That would be amazing. Charlotte Soccer Show, John Hayes, Danny Rams. It's been fun. Thanks for thanks for doing that, Danny. I mean, that was that was fun for me to do that segment in a different way tonight. Of course, uh, got to keep it fresh. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was fun, and yeah, the reason why I gave some one-word answers is because I hate two-part questions. I certainly do. Evan Rude, where are you at, man? <laughs> Our two-part question king. Yeah. yeah, but hey, real talk. Shout out to our tremendous friends of the show. We started recording about an hour and a half ago, and all those questions came we got, in. We got and a, uh, ten plus questions, easy. Yeah. So I mean, this fan base is is awesome, and you know, there's a couple of away games. Should we? And I think this is something we can tweet about. Saturday night, 10:30. Where are we watching the match? So I'm gonna be in Raleigh. Oh. I'm, I'm, I'm going to visit my my great my best friend from high school. Lives out in Raleigh. 
came to the he, first match he, with he us. He was at the LA Galaxy match with us. Mike Slipsky, great yeah, dude, yeah, yeah. awesome, awesome bro. And uh, his daughter and my daughter having a little bit of a friendship. Oh, so we're great. going out to visit them. And oh, fantastic! Gonna be, it's gonna be an awesome time. Well, yeah, what an awesome weekend, man. I'm, yep. I'm happy for you. So while you're up doing that, I'm going to be honest with the Tifos. I, I need something to do on Saturday night. Then hook this man up with a plan. I'd like to meet He's him. a free agent on Saturday. Come on. <laughs> I certainly am. And, and the kick's not until 1030, so you might be able to get me drunk before then. Uh, but no, but seriously, I, I would love to, to figure out a place to watch the match and hang out on Saturday night. So hit me up on social at John Hayes on air on Twitter. Hit Danny Brams up at Danny Brams as well Don't on follow Twitter. Me. I have way too many followers. He didn't have enough followers. Follow his ass. And tweet something to him that's inappropriate. And at For the Crown Baby as well, you can follow the show there. Uh, it's been a pleasure to be here at Triple C on a Thursday night in the Queen City. Uh, South End is, has been a fantastic venue. Simply a delight. <laughs> There's no question about that. So, as always, and I have to say this. I'm going to go on the record. I'm going to say Charlotte FC loses two or three to one on Saturday night. That's my official prediction. One, one draw, baby. Let's go. Whoa, Danny Bram, we're coming away with a point. It's the Charlotte Soccer Show. I'm John Hayes. He's Danny Brams. And as always, it's for the crown, baby.